0: You are listening to the Out in the Open Radio Hour on WVEW, LP Brattleboro, 1077 FM, your community radio station. We are not broadcasting live at this time because there is a, a pandemic that you may have heard about. But we are very excited to have Desmond and Tyler here from Mount Island Magazine talking with us. We're live presently in this moment, but when you hear this, it will not be live any longer and always excited to talk with folks and hear what is happening for rural LGBTQ people uh, as we talk about on Out in the Open Radio Hour. Desmond and Tyler, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having having us. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to introduce yourselves? What uh, what do you want listeners to know about you? And maybe Des, we can start with you.
1: Okay, sure. Let's see, my name is (coughs) DesmondPeoples.com. (laughs) Um, uh, Let's see, Uh, I uh, am a uh, born and raised Vermonter and uh, the uh, publisher, editor-in-chief of Island Magazine, uh, which I started with a bunch of wonderful friends, um, oh, say five years ago for a very short period, we went on hiatus, then last summer, uh, spring, we came back with this brand new focus of uh, bringing rural LGBTQ and POC folks together. And I do it because I uh, am a writer. I've been working in small publishing uh, as a way to kind of get my feet wet in the industry so ever since I graduated from Goddard College. Um, and I think of publishing as uh, one of the most wonderful ways to build community and celebrate each other's creativity. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, and Tyler, how
0: about you?
2: Yeah, uh, thanks. I'm Tyler, and I... Was recently published in Mount Island, which was a great privilege, and I'm really happy about it. It was my first poetry publication, so that was really? awesome. And I live in northern Vermont, uh, a little bit north of Montpelier, uh, kind of far out in the middle of the woods. And I am currently working on an MFA at Vermont College of Fine Arts and have also studied at Goddard College. Um, what? Oh, right. I know, right? <laughs> I did a master's there about 10 years ago in gender studies and creative writing. Oh. and took a long break from writing and finally came back to it when I went to VCFA, um, which was great. I'm happy to be back at it. Yeah.
0: When, um, Des, I hope you don't feel embarrassed by this next statement. I think you will enjoy it. Um, <laughs> Tyler, we had a, um, Desmond, I will also say, is on the board of Out in the Open, um, and we had a, bore a whole organization retreat in early November, like either right before or right after the first issue came out. I don't remember which, but mostly what I remember is Desmond, like totally gushing about how amazing <laughs> um, your piece was that was in the magazine and like bringing, oh, the, bro- so nice. and bringing the broad, bringing the broadsides. Yeah, it was really beautiful. Um, and it was really, <laughs> really fun, fun to, yeah, really fun to share that weekend. And so I'm excited that to have you on the show and get to talk with you too. And um, yeah yeah anyway it was fun to (laughs) share it it was fun to share in desmond's excitement um, (laughs) about that i'd love to hear more about mount island coming into being and as you mentioned in your intro sort of the magazine being launched five years ago and then taking a little bit of a break and yeah share about those kind of early days and then about this like rebirth as it is
1: Sure, sure. Um, well, a lot of uh, writers and artists uh, do this thing of like, oh, I'm. Why don't I just do it? You know, uh, looking at uh, small publishing, um, trying to get your work out into the public, and really one of the first ways to do it is to do it yourself. I think for a lot of
3: people, or to do it mm-hmm. with your
1: friends. And so when I first started Mount Island, that's what it was. It was with. Um, my old childhood friend Jenna Rose Nethercott, who is an incredible poet, has several books out now, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> she uh, and I, Sadie Holiday, uh, who also grew up with us, she's, uh, she's doing she's couple uh, music stuff out in LA right now. Um, she's the music editor. Um, and Evan Lorenzen went to Marlboro, he was the art editor. We were all just like, let's just come on, let's just put stuff together. Um, and it was really in that respect, not unlike many other literary magazines at the time, um, interesting and quirky and like very idiosyncratic, but just, you know, that was what, what, what we were able to put on the table. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, that really, I don't think is enough to keep people together as a, as a group, as a, as a, uh, a force. <laughs> and I think <laughs> um, after, you know, that was five years we went on a hiatus, I said. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that time I worked, you know, much uh, in many other different capacities in the publishing industry. So, um, what it is to really run, you know, marketing campaigns, you know, in a really bootstrapped independent uh, fashion. And so I think uh, I also, in in working deeper into the, into the publicity industry, saw how troubled the industry is and how uh, divisive um, and ill-informed well-meaning editors can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think um, it was only maybe in the middle of that period. Um, I don't, gosh, I don't remember the years, but there was a, We Need Diverse Books was an organization, kind of the first organization that came around uh, along with VITA, uh, Women in the Literary Arts, I think that was uh, VITA's uh, first focus. Um, those two organizations really burst onto the scene and were like, yo, publishing is 90% white. Uh, mm-hmm. It is, yeah, it, 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 it's, there's all, there's just, with every creative industry, there's, uh, it's become very clear over the past, several years that we need to make enormous changes and bring equity uh, and justice into how we represent people and how people are able to participate in their representation. Mm-hmm. So that's why uh, Mount Island, uh, why I felt like it was time to bring us back. Mm. And uh, I also, I uh, got my MFA at Vermont College of Fine Arts in the uh, low residency MFA program. Uh, and. That's where I really, you know, came into again a community of of uh, writers and artists, really mm-hmm. ready to uh, come around their uh, craft in a different way,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, bring the fire back.
0: Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. It's yep, like so many creative industries. Um, of white people and (laughs) yeah i think you know mount island is like such a breath of fresh air in so many ways um for so many people so
1: i would also want to point out that we're certainly not the only ones doing this anymore absolutely i think we have a really specific focus of bringing um an like a inter intersectional understanding of uh the issues that face rural folks who are who are lgbtq and poc because Mm -hmm. that's really actually a a very cross-section population in ways that people that um, you know, heteronormative and, and white folks living in rural places or all around the country don't necessarily understand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually, I think like 35%, like this, if you're uh, a person of color living in a rural area, you're 35% more likely to also be LGBTQ+. Plus. So, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of, there's, I think there's a lot more than we even understand yet that bringing these two populations together uh, can be for, for, uh, the larger conversation for, for ourselves.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Are there other things about that particular intersection of experience that you hear either from readers or that you're hearing from other authors or say more about that? And Tyler, feel free to jump in, too.
1: Yeah, I think it's really just been the a surprise response from people saying mm. we have never had a place like this to come together and we are so happy, too.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, and so for me, you know, I myself, I'm a person of color and and queer trans. I, I think of uh, the opportunities that I've had to see these two communities come together as you know surprising and beautiful and and, and, um, and new and needed, mm-hmm. so I think everybody that has uh, well not everybody we've gotten a lot of angry emails as well
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> um,
1: yep. yeah, yep. I think like the folks who need this community and have never had it are also really are, are uh, eager for more, yeah. but the folks who don't understand why we're doing what we're doing mm-hmm. generally. Um, comfortable white people who live where they always have, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) quote-unquote. They, you know, I think the common refrain is like, oh, what if we had a magazine only for white people or Mm -hmm. only for straight people or something? Mm -hmm. And I mean, I I don't think we need to spend a lot of airtime discussing that argument, but it's not right. (laughs) Totally.
0: Yep. Absolutely, do not need to spend a lot of time. If people, and I'm like, if people have those kinds of questions, feel free to direct them to me as a white person, and I am happy to talk about them with you. Um, Hb, we are out in the open. Send me your redirected angry mail. <laughs>
1: <Like> solidarity, baby. <laughs> um,
0: Tyler, how did you find out about Mont Island? I know it sounds like. Well, it sounds like you all have shared many uh, educational time at many of the same educational places but maybe at different times did you connect through ECFA or how did you hear about it?
2: Yeah it was actually really coincidental. Um, I did not know Desmond because we didn't cross paths um, at ECFA at all or got (laughs) it and I think at one point while I had been doing my MFA maybe a year or so ago I was looking into journals that existed pretty much anywhere at all about um, queer experience and if there were any that were dedicated particularly to queer people and queer voices and um, Mount Island was one of the first things that came up and I was like oh it's in Vermont you know it's Mm. a couple hours away from me I was super excited about that especially because it was also about the intersection of queer voices as well and you know I had been thinking a little bit about starting my own journal and I was like oh actually this is already happening exactly what I sort of envisioned so I'm it saved me a lot of work, basically. I don't have to create a <laughs> journal anymore, but it already exists. Um, and I was really excited to hear about that. And, and I ended up submitting to it But still before I really knew who was even uh, reading for the journal. And then I found out a bunch of people that I did know actually were readers for the journal. Um, and a lot of people connected with DCFA, um, mm-hmm. which was really cool. So it was just a really great kind of circling around to find this community that was right there in my backyard that I didn't really know about. Um, but I'm very happy it existed, or exists still and is back in existence and um, it's definitely you know a community that I want to keep in touch with and certainly a journal that I'll keep reading. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm glad it exists. Thank you, Desmond.
1: I would like to say um, I read your submission uh, and I, had never, I didn't know who you were that you went to uh, VCF. I don't think I read the bio or anything. I was just I love this poem. I had somebody else read it and they were like, Oh, that's Tyler.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. A lot of people are read for non-Islander people that I know well and have been in classes with and they probably helped me workshop those poems.
3: Uh,
2: It was was nice. It was very validating to just to, you know, have a great opportunity to get my work out there. That's awesome.
0: This, I am not very familiar with the world of like, like, I guess the background world of like literary publishing magazines. And so I imagine some of our listeners also were not. So is it uh, like, tell me more about like the group of readers who's reading for submitted works. And like, I don't know, this feels like a very basic question, but I don't have an understanding. And like, what's that process like? How did you, it seems like you have a big team of folks um, working with Mount Island. Like how did that crew come together? And yeah, what sort of like the, the background isn't quite the right word I'm looking for. We like behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, totally. Yeah. That, that Let's lift happens. the curtain.
3: Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I think, like I said a little bit earlier, like when we, when I first started Mount Island with uh, just different friends around the country who have nothing to do, uh, well, you know, it's, it's you always have something to do. But it's, I think most magazines are run in the middle of the night. Uh, you know, between classes, it's often students writing them. Often students at um, writing programs doing the reading if they're a funded uh, magazine. But any independent magazine or publishing house with no like institutional backing will generally be volunteer run or or you know on the half of a hair string. Is that even a French shoestring, it's really shoestring is French five? You just wrote it. Just wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, poetry. <laughs> um, so the, our current team is a lot of friends from VCFA and and just people who were kind of in my creative circle at the time that this was brewing and were interested. Um, and Let's see, we have our first intern who is also from VCFA right now. And let me just say something about VCFA. Vermont is very lucky to have this school. Oh my God. I mean, they've really been bringing an incredible amount of energy into the central Vermont region and really all over. Um, So we are... Not, no, Mount Island's not the only one lucky to have
3: them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Arts promotion.
3: Mm-hmm. So
0: then when you get submissions, you're calling for submissions, is it once a quarter? And then what's the, like, how do you choose? Excellent. I'm sure people send you a lot of amazing
1: <laughs> things. Well, so we have, um, every, every, every publishing house's submission schedule will be different mm-hmm. depending on, on their production schedule, you know, what they're putting out uh, throughout the year. So we have um, a quarterly uh, digital magazine, uh the uh, annual print anthology and then just little special projects like tyler's broadsides. so uh we we are open year-round and then in a very like short window in the, in the winter uh, spring for the anthology and uh but that may change you know so keep your eye on submittable.com uh, yes. com. yeah <laughs> send in your fabulous things
3: yeah.
0: I'm curious to hear more, yeah, about like what writing means for each of you. And I know does you're also a writer and in addition to being an editor and a publisher. And um, yeah, I don't know, let's let's chat about that. Tyler, what does writing mean for you in relation to any
2: way that you'd like to interpret that? Yeah, sure, that's such a big question. Um, I was thinking about that question earlier and was trying to sort of understand, you know, what my angle was on that. And I realized mm-hmm. that writing, I decided it's sort of that interaction that you have with a new lover and you don't really know them very well yet, but you're kind of getting to know them and you're kind of testing the waters. And I feel like that's where I am with writing and I'm still sort of developing this relationship with it. And it's always surprising me, you know, sometimes I'll write stuff and I'll be like, I have no idea where that came from. Um, But I've definitely found it to be a really useful Tool or exercise, I guess, to kind of understand myself in a way, no matter what genre I'm writing in. And sometimes I'll write something down and be like, oh, now I understand that part of myself better. Or I have words to describe something that I didn't have words for for before. Um, So it's kind of this ongoing evolution I have with writing. I write Mm -hmm. poetry, fiction, and essays. So I kind of bounce around between a lot of different things. But pretty much everything I write does tie in with being queer and being trans somehow. Um, so that's definitely kind of a main focus for me Mm -hmm. and definitely interested in queerness and relationship with nature, um, which kind of ties in with Mount Island, just looking at really, you know, like living rurally. Um, I spend a lot of time, I spend a lot more time, you know, out in nature than with people in a way, and Mm -hmm. certainly with probably more with nature than with queer community. Um, so it's a lot of sort of exploring my relationship as a queer and trans person Mm -hmm. with the natural world um and writing has been a really interesting tool to use to explore that i guess so yeah i think my my relationship with writing is still evolving and we'll see where it goes
3: Mm -hmm.
0: i'm like i can hear that you are a writer in that response just like (laughs) use of metaphor um and yeah i think like that that resonates a lot for me um yeah i mean i just i I often speak in metaphor and find that really powerful way to like, understand a relation to
1: someone um,
3: mm. or something. Yeah.
0: I suppose. Um, Des, how about you?
1: I, I also really love that, uh, that metaphor. I mean, <laughs> it, it's, <laughs> in the way that like, I don't know why I'm doing this weird thing to this person <laughs> that I want to be close to. You know, I want to be close to language. I want to be close to the way we communicate. Uh, that's what I think writing is, um, is, you know, the most, the most uh, passionate way you can, most passionate and uh, communicative. I'm gonna, you're gonna cut this part too. No, I'm kidding. You can actually <laughs> include it because I say this all the time. Um, <laughs> good writing, I don't, I don't know who said this, but I'm stealing it. Good writing is good thinking. Mm. And so it becomes good action if you sit with it for long enough. Mm. And I think that's, you know, I, there's so many ways that we act and and think, you know, without um, any control or or reason why, you know, or or without letting ourselves understand or kind of like carve out um, the shape of why we are doing what we're doing. And writing, I think is how you, how I carve that out for my brain and for other people as well, you know, it's something you can put down and say, you know what, I've done this. I've been working on this for a little, for a pretty long time. So it's here for you if you want it. Um, and and you know, I don't know. It's also kind of this possessiveness that I like about myself. Like this is my idea. Yes! <laughs> I mean, it's written this way. But, I don't know. At the same time, you can't protect that. Like. Part of your, you know, you you put the, you write the story down and it has, uh, it's no longer yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, but people, you know, when people pick it up, they recognize, you, they can still see like, oh, this is made in the way that this person, only this person can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet they're still kind of pulling pieces that you yourself as the writer don't think you put in there. You know, you know they're creating new life and new beauty out of this thing. They also recognize you created uniquely from, from, whatever your crazy world process has been. So I don't know. It's, it's like life. It's.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not cutting any of that part. (laughs) Oh really? Okay.
1: (laughs) Shoot yourself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tyler, do you want to, can you share some of your writing with us? Will you, will you do a reading for us in this interview?
2: Sure. Yeah. I can do a mini reading. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll read to, short poems, one of which was in Mount Island and then maybe one that is in the same collection but was not published by Mount Island. Cool. Um, it's kind of related. Um, Amazing. So yeah, they're basically kind of, they're not titled, they're numbered and they're kind of part of this long project that... It's sort of ever evolving, and I shelve it for a long time and then return to it and get bored of it and then come back again. So we'll see. I have no idea what will happen with it. <laughs> um, but they are basically sonnets. So they're all 14 lines, but they don't really follow any of the other rules around sonnets. Um, so here are two of them I am haunting, hunting myself. I am almost no longer afraid of the dark. I catch my body and am skinning myself to find the scars on the inside. I am poking through the muscles and bones and carefully lifting the veins. I am sifting my blood, pulling at teeth. In that room behind the plywood door, I left pieces of myself. There are small piles of skin flaked off of my body that hide in the corners under the carpet. I don't know who lives in that house now, but they are living with pieces of me. They are living with refuse from an inferior body. I release my body into the empty. I am undone by fear, the savageness of my mind. I have not yet died from suicide. The edge keeps moving. I am curating my body for survival. And the next one. Use my veins as a straw to suck in the stars. Body as illumination, black hole, sound waves empty i sign my name on the line and let a surgeon take a knife to my chest and carve pieces away a metal tray sits upon a cart with wheels and away wheels the cart with globs of flesh pulled out from under my skin in a red biohazard bin out back my flesh bald and plastic sits melting in the sun my body is landfill as food for rats as slime on plastic bottles and broken washing machines Body as pieces left behind, like offerings for my ancestors, bribes for a prayer. Use my bones to build a box for my burial. I am leaving behind the dead parts. My shadow has been reconfigured. Now I look like a flagpole or a tree stripped of its branches, hollowed by lightning. Oh, those are my two. <laughs>
1: Well love that second one. I didn't hear that. I didn't, yeah, you didn't submit that. That was fantastic. You should have.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, yeah, that, thank you. Um, like what a time to be listening, like, uh, mm. auditorily to, um, poetry. I feel like it's so useful while we're apart from each other to have those kinds of connections, um, that my body as a landfill stood out really stood out to me in that second piece, mm. and I think you know as trans folks, right? Like, it's nice to like reimagine that as also like bringing newness. Um, mm-hmm.
1: My yeah. veins as a straw mm. to suck up the stars. Mm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Anything you want to share about the process of? Well, you shared a little bit before about the process of writing those, or any about the content.
2: Yeah. Um, I think the project as a whole is trying to, kind of like you said, like trying to look at transness and embodiment and how that changes through time, how that changes through transition, um, through surgeries, um, and also just how we find ways of surviving. Mm. Um, you know, I've spent a lot of time, I'm in a much better place now, but I spent a lot of time in a really hard place. Um, particularly around identity. And, you know, writing is one of those things that you can just kind of pour it all onto the page and say, you know, life is really hard right now, but I can put it down somehow in words. Mm. Um, And that helps a lot. And so, yeah, I think this project is kind of an evolution of that, but it's also sort of trying to come around to finding peace with who I am also. Mm. Um, So, you know, not just looking at through rose-colored glasses, but, Definitely trying to find a place of surrender and Mm. I don't know, just, I think mostly trying to find will to keep going Mm. and that it is possible, at least, you know, so far, (laughs) I feel like I have been able to find that um, and that writing these has kind of helped me. And then looking back on them, I can sort of see like the trail that I've left behind of, you know, oh, that's where I was a year ago. And that's where I was six months ago. And that's where I am this week. Mm. and can kind of watch the evolution of myself go through that process. Um, So it's kind of like, it's kind of journalistic in a way, but also, you know, very abstract sometimes too. Mm. Um, So yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of is about that evolution of embodiment, I think.
0: Yeah, um, that is really powerful. Are there uh, like a, yeah, I'm curious about your editing process and if, you know, it sounds like this project has been over time, while there's also been shifts in your person self and identity and all that kind of stuff and are you yeah do you sort of like are you leaving pieces that have been finished in the past sort of or are you going back to those pieces and editing them as you've shifted over years or yeah what is what is that part of your process like yeah
2: i think i have sort of edited them closer to the time when i wrote them and Mm -hmm. then have kind of let them be and i think sometimes I do want to go back and edit them, but then I also kind of want to leave them Mm. as markers for where I was at that time, which is kind of the interesting thing of working on a longer project and just kind of letting it keep going and keep evolving where you can kind of go back and look at that place where you were. And I feel like sometimes editing is me in the present going back and editing me in the past, whereas I kind of want to leave me in the past back there <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. and then
2: also kind of leave it untampered with in a way to be like oh yeah that's where I was then so I'll tinker with words sometimes in little ways but I think sort of the overall ideas I tend to kind of leave where they are
3: mm-hmm.
2: and then hopefully if I keep going I haven't written on it for a while but this kind of inspires me to keep going I think if I keep going it'll kind of continue to be that it's like a writing of history almost
0: mm-hmm. yeah thanks yeah thank you for sharing Desmond, I know, do you have anything you care to read at this time? I will. Come
1: <laughs> <on>. <laughs> Thank you for asking. <laughs> the phone is out. Um, okay. I, um, this is, it's really interesting, Tyler, to hear about your editorial process because I have, I guess, uh, been working. I have a strange relationship with poems. I don't write a lot of them, but when I do, I, I, I continue to return to them. Um, you know, like a sculpture that's like, oh, the poem, one day, six, six decades later, the poem will be <laughs> like ready. <laughs> <Yep>.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: um, this one, I've been working on it for three years. Um, I like to be alone. It comets down to earth and marks the spot forever. Burns, company, the world is such a welcome basket. A fruit waiting for us to detect the secret recipe. I like to be alone. The dewdrop in the peach's crease, the spider who repaired the web, the tender of the land they said was wild and untouched. I like to be alone. Still, they'll come because I make it comely. I do redress the beds. Strip away the death each day, so let me be alone. I like to be alone. Walk the woods at night and coo with the owls. Look, a
3: shooting star.
1: There. <laughs> yeah! Maybe
3: it's done, I don't know.
0: Maybe it's done, we don't know. <laughs> I feel like you know I I mean Tyler you and I are just sort of this is our first conversation we've ever had and Desmond (laughs) I know you a little bit better and I you know it's like yes for I feel like for people that I know at all often writing is just like such a window you know which like I'm like I can't believe I just said that what a like silly cliche thing
3: to say I I love writing but
0: (laughs) I am like yeah just you know the little bit that I do know I'm like oh this yeah like that poem coming from you just makes so much sense for what i know of of you as a human and like that's what
2: i love about writing yeah
1: it's just such a treat (laughs) (laughs) totally Mm yeah i mean it's a it's a a totally i mean just like watching a dancer dance it's another way to to see how how they move in the world
0: yeah i I feel like the world is a basket is like I'm, yeah, noodling, noodling on that phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's so nice to be able to share you all's writing with people um, right now. Thank you for that. Um, okay, I am moving us along. Um, wha- yes, in the. I feel like it maybe was in the same conversation about um, how excited Desmond you were about Tyler's um, offering for the magazine, we were also talking about like the wonderful cover of the first issue. Oh yeah. And would you share with our listeners more about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely, a little bit. Um, you know, we have another issue coming up, so I'll also mm. talk a little bit about that. Yes. Um, two, two things I like can talk about. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, this, you know, the past issue, I'm, I'm just really so proud of everybody who is in it, everybody, and the cover art is particularly dazzling, I think, um, by Lily Evolette, Lily Many Colors Evelette. Um and so she is an indigenous artist uh, working out of, I think, Rhode Island or Boston, Rhode Island area. Um, and I'm just going to say, go to the website, mountisland.com. You'll Sweet. see the cover. It is, uh, it's unforgettable. The next cover. Yes, yes. The next cover is, uh, the title of the art is Panda Boy. Uh, and it's, it's a photograph. It's all the art. the next issue is going to be photography. Mm. Uh, kind of really... Um, gosh, you know, I wish the art editor were here to talk about it. <laughs> but, um, it's this, the cover image is a young black boy in a panda suit. Uh, and it's, it's a really stark and, and striking image. I, and I, uh, am looking forward to, to revealing it to the world.
0: Yes.
1: Um, oh, this, yeah. Another thing we've got coming up, this, that next issue, um, is going to be out probably April at this point. We've had a lot of delays and stuff, you know, all the crazy mm-hmm. that's going on yeah um, but we are also moving forward as planned with our anthology plans, the print anthology, um, which is due out probably at this point in the winter. Uh, we had an October pub date, but we're gonna push it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is going to have uh, Francis Cannon's art, uh, and she is okay. an artist and teacher uh, writer, and uh, live in Burlington, I think or, or kind of working in that area. Um, and gosh. The art for this anthology, uh, I love. We've chosen. It's called Canon, uh, mm. after the artist's last name, and it's a picture. I mean, a painting, a watercolor of a beet exploding with yeah. uh, with growth, with roots and leafery and everything. It's just, it's it's perfect, and it's so. It's centered on on uh, white background, just the only you know, like almost the Big Bang, but mm. beets and produce. And,
3: and mm. <laughs>
1: mm. I can't wait.
0: Say more about the anthology.
1: Is it yeah, you know, it's writing said, that's it's already it.
0: been in Mount Island? Or it's, it's just, it's, you know, I feel like this anthology can our... mean a lot of different things. Anyway. Yeah, yeah.
1: So this is, um, we're, we're pulling together work, new work, and we'll probably pick a few that have already been in, in, in um, Mount Island. But we're, we have three guest editors who are soliciting uh, from writers that they love.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: so uh, uh, those, edi- those editors are Samuel Colabole, uh, whose book, Um, The Road to Salt is coming out from, uh, I forget which publisher, but it's coming out soon and it's going to be fantastic. Mm. Um, And there is Jericho Parms, who is an essayist um, and works at VCFA as the Diversity and Equity Something Something. Um. (laughs) Totally, totally. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, and, And Ruth. Uh, Rod Reed- Rod Rodríguez, who runs Antidote Books in Patna, Pl- Vermont, uh, is the poetry guest editor. So, there, those three are choosing some incredible work uh, that's coming in, and um, it's—I just, yeah, it's. Oh, 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 here we go. The theme, yes. <laughs> the theme of the anthology and all the work that's going to be published in it is "revive,"
3: mm. uh, with an exclamation
1: mark. Yes.
3: So,
1: uh, <laughs> You know, it was kind of talking about how we as Mount Island are reviving, but I feel like now it's going to be coming out hopefully at at the end of this uh, terrible pandemic. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Maybe
1: it will uh, resonate in another way
3: as well. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, you have a poetry contest that's also coming up. Oh, wow. I think, yes. Yes. <laughs> Tell us about that. Tell us about that. And like, uh, yeah, is that still on track? And then also I would love, yeah, for to folks to learn about um, Lucy Terry Prince also, yes. if you want to say a little bit about her.
1: Yeah. So, well, our poetry contest, the Lucy Terry Prince prize for rural poets of color, uh, uh, submissions close on the 31st. So, uh, get them in. But, <laughs> The you know we're giving out some prize money five hundred dollars to the first prize winner and uh, smaller amounts to first and second and all and uh, the those three uh, first second and third people are invited to uh, panels a two day panel discussion in the fall um, on rural on race the arts and the rural mm. and one of those days is going to be in Brattleboro and another one is going to be in um, Montpelier and so. By that, we were trying to kind of uh, twist the traditional uh, literary contest and and uh, ensure that there's a bit more community engagement. That the uh, work that gets submitted and shared is is brought onto the ground uh, mm. rather than just you know you can enjoy this if you can pay for our magazine. Mm.
0: You no. Know? Mm. Yeah, amazing. Um, and did you say about who Lucy Terry Prince was?
1: Oh yes, Lucy Terry Prince. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, just, um, I feel like she is an amazing woman from amazing. Like, Vermont history, and it seems worthwhile to let our folks know who she Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Let me yeah.
1: just get the dates right. Sorry. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Lucy Terry Prince is regarded as, as the first known uh, African-American poet in English literature. And she lived right in Guilford, Vermont, at a time when you would not expect her to. Uh, born in 1730, died 1821. I think it was the 1750s or something that she was from. Um, when she was living in Guilford and ran a house with her husband that was really a center for Black culture uh, in the area, a home for freed slaves and and for uh, you know people who, uh, Africans who were never enslaved, like her husband. Um, or, um, so she she was really um, a pioneer of, of African American rights uh, in our area, and she argued against the Vermont Supreme Court to um, preserve. Her family's rights over the land, um, over her farmland, because she was really harassed by uh, a lot of her neighbors, including some very prominent people who are allowed in local history, the Noyes family per se, you know. Uh, they were, you know, villains to, to this family and to, and to the black community. I mean, oh, we can't begin, but. <laughs> 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 so, she, so to me, Lucy Cherry Prince is, you know, f- uh, coming from a black Vermont family. I think Lucy Tate Prince as, as someone who I've always wished that I could have known about, someone uh, who proved way, you know, far before uh, anybody was telling me and my family that we couldn't be here, that we weren't, you know, we, we didn't belong here, that we actually do and that we always have, so. Mm -hmm. That's why we're celebrating her.
0: I think, you know, that's something we say to folks all the time. And I think that's also been part of the story of um, that we tell about rural queer people, uh, you know, like, right. I I think like seeing our lived experiences reflected in history of people who were here Mm -hmm. before us is so powerful and important. And I think that's, yeah, like people, white people in Vermont love to say that like, there's only ever been white people in Vermont and we know Mm -hmm. have like, For all the reasons that that is um (laughs) untrue and not that we need to validate like folks of color's experiences in vermont by being able to point to historic figures i think Mm -hmm. like that's not what i'm saying like people's present day experiences are absolutely more than valid just on their own being here in the present time but um
1: that's the thing i think with these historical stories for me you know i don't for a white audience they maybe can be illuminating Um, You know, history is not necessarily as you've been told, but for, for audiences of color, it is validating, it's validating your existence. And so, so I think like sharing those stories for the hundreds and hundreds of kids of color here who hear that every day, you don't belong here. You Mm -hmm. know, that's, it's for them.
0: Mm -hmm. Does her, do you know if her, like, is her house still standing what's up there? no but there's...
1: you can go to abijah prince road in yes. guilford and you can take a walk on it it's beautiful it's like a a, a pretty secluded mm-hmm. calm wooded path <laughs>
0: yeah i remember that was i when i first moved to brattleboro about 10 years ago went out some friends were living at the end of abijah prince road and i just remember thinking like i what is the history of this mm-hmm. road like there's obviously who is this person and mm-hmm. um it's, yeah, it's a, it's amazing to learn about them.
1: Yeah, Abijah Prince is the name of Lucy Terry's husband mm-hmm. who moved to the area from, I think, like Cayenne or something mm-hmm. like that. It was just mm-hmm. like a well-to-do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to free my. I'm going to free this woman. We'll we'll buy a farm. You mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for sharing more about her. And if folks want to learn more about her, I know um, Shanta has been doing some performances, of, like mm-hmm. some. I don't know if she would call it historical reenacting, like mm-hmm. a- as storytelling as Lucy Terry Prince, but. Well, yeah,
1: yeah, there's definitely, she. she's uh, also working with the Vermont Humanity Council right now, Vermont mm-hmm. Humanities Council to do those talks around the state. And you can see that video actually, a, a couple of videos um, and links to different work of hers around Lucy Terry at our website um, at mountisland.com slash Lucy, which is cool. also where the contest ends. Sweet,
0: amazing. We've got between five and 10 minutes left um, in our time together today. Who are some of y'all's favorite writers and or what are, you, what are you reading now? I don't know if you have abundant time to read it this time or less time to read it this time in your life. Um, but yeah, who are, who
2: are folks you're reading? Who's exciting you right now? Tyler? Tyler? Well, that is a good question. I do have a, well, I know. I do have time to read. I should be working on my thesis, but it's been so hard to work on it right now. And it's been really hard to write in general. Um, So I have actually been reading a lot instead. It's sort of putting things off, but I call it inspiring me instead of um, not doing my work. And when am I reading? Kind of reading. I work at a bookstore, so I get tons of free books. I'm reading kind of all sorts of things. Nice. Um, well, one of the things I'm reading, I'm reading Philip Pullman's newest YA book, um, mostly just because it's really enjoyable and fantasy and fun and far from this world, which is sometimes really nice. Mm. Um, I'm also reading a novel called Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Evaristo. Um, she just won the Booker Prize this year, and she's British. Um, and it's a wide cast of characters, a bunch of them who are queer, actually. Um, and it's a great novel. It really talks a lot about um, femininity and feminist stuff, in, uh, particularly in London, but kind of, you know, as a general conversation as well. Um, so that I really recommend. And I just read a book, a novel called Weather by Jenny Ophel, um, which I adored. Uh, it's written in kind of like short vignette paragraphs. Um, and it's about this woman who it's kind of about climate change, but it's um, also about a lot of other things um, just like really beautiful languaging. And so that was really good. What else am I reading? Oh, I will. I read recently a book by Garth Greenwell called Cleanness. Mm. Um, and it's amazing. Um, he's gay and the main character is gay. Um, and it takes place, in Eastern Europe. I'm forgetting exactly where it's not. Um, but his languaging is just incredible. He's mm. an amazing writer, one of my favorite queer writers. Um, I definitely I recommend that for sure. I am
0: furiously jotting
2: <laughs> things to read. Yes. <laughs> I, know I could go on and on and on, but I, I would not go on and on and on. Desmond uh, any... but I have surrounded my book.
0: Yes. <laughs> um, Desmond, any favorites for you right now?
1: I have three things that I'm, I'm reading. Amazing, um, <laughs> for once. Um, uh, I'm in the middle of *The Left Hand of Darkness* by mm. Ursula Le Guin. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah! <laughs> um, finally, I mean, it's still really taken really long time to get again. I don't know why. Um, and also, uh, *Black Is the Body* by Emily Bernard, mm-hmm. which I highly recommend. It is a, a collection of essays, and Emily Bernard is a UVM professor. Um, and it's just, it's about the black experience in um, rural Vermont and, you know, in New England in general uh, and, and sharing uh, stories of blackness through, through family. Mm. Uh, oh my God, it's so bad. Uh And she's just the most wonderful person too. I had lunch with her at BCFA, uh back in the winter. Um, and then, oh, what's it called? Ryan Van Meter's uh, book of essays about, um, growing up and coming out as a gay man, uh, if you knew then what I know now. Mm. Um, and it, I think it's just, uh, a, a teacher of mine recommended it. Jessica Hendry Nelson recommended this book just as an incredible example of the craft of essay.
2: And mm. I couldn't agree more.
0: Mm-hmm. Good recommendations. Um, <laughs> I will definitely Can I make it.
2: one more, actually? Absolutely. Cool. Yeah, I just want to promote my friend who is also a local author. They live in Burlington. Um, and it's a novel called Poet Prophet Fox by M.Z. McDonnell. And it uh, takes place in Ireland. It's kind of an ancient, it's kind of mythological. It takes place like hundreds of years ago. Um, and it's about a character who is trans and is kind of finding their identity and finding their magic um, a time that's, you know, very different than ours. Mm. Um, but it's really, I think it's amazing. So it's really kind of creating a trans mythology, which in many ways we have lost. And I think it's important to kind of build that up again. Mm. Um, so it's a self-published book, but I think you can buy it on their website. Um, and it's a finalist for the Lambda Literary Award in Transfiction. Um, oh, for, for Yeah. Yeah. So I totally recommend this book and it's a great, awesome local person. Mm. Um, check it out. Cool. Yeah. Amazing. Um, what
0: was like, oh, I was gonna say, um, I was thinking of this earlier. And when you said Black is the Body was also making me think about, this is not a, a written show, but um, um, Brown and Out by Reggie. Kind I of love witches. that. <laughs> a podcast series. I also love it about, yeah, POC experiences in Vermont and um, your description of black as the body was making me think about that. So plug for Brown and out. Um, you should well. have, anyway.
2: Yeah. I know, I know. We, we should we, have <laughs> on show.
0: Yeah, 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 we definitely should. And this has been so refreshing to me to not talk about a pandemic for the last hour. So, I know. Thank <laughs> that's you. That's all I have to do
1: for work is- For <laughs> giving <laughs>
0: me that opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, yeah, I guess my final question would be, is there is there anything that you wanna to say to folks in this particular time either? I, I don't know what that is. That is a very open-ended question. Yeah, um, we haven't talked about that at all, which has been really nice. And also here we are in this present moment.
2: I don't know, I think kind of relevant to what's happening, you know, just cause everything in the world is so crazy with the pandemic but I also see, I've been offline a lot, which is actually like not reading the headlines, which has been really good for my mm. mental, emotional health. So I recommend taking a break. Um, but from what I gather, I do feel like it's an amazing time of people really coming together and supporting each other and finding new ways of doing that. And um, I think it's easy for a lot of people to fall through the cracks, but I've seen a lot of support for queer people and people of color and um, a lot of marginalized people. and. So I don't know if it's anything I really want to say about it, but I do think it's just really incredible incredible to watch how people are coming together Mm -hmm. and supporting each other. Um, Especially like even with this podcast, getting to talk to each other and connect and make new friends and um, you know, all these ways that we're finding to connect, Mm -hmm. I think are pretty amazing at this time. So thank you for having the podcast. Thank you for doing Mount Island as (laughs) such a powerful, amazing thing that we have in the world right now. So I think even just like finding all those ways that we can connect more a really powerful and
0: transformative. Mm-hmm. You're here. Des, anything you want to add?
1: I don't know. I feel like I don't have anything special to add to all of okay. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. say, don't let it get you. Don't let it get you down. <laughs>
0: yes um i know i'm like i don't know i don't have any like what what do we say at this time i don't know i mean i I wish (laughs) right i think yeah i think my most yeah it's like this chatting with you all and connecting has been powerful for me in this last Mm -hmm. hour and a nice break and a good reminder of like yeah both both the power of connection and the power of like art and writing and people's words and like our amazing ability to continue creating um Mm -hmm. through really stressful times um and so thank you both for
1: i'll say one thing yeah do it i also have a second job it's actually my main job at this point (laughs) i work at the vermont arts council and uh we're gathering all the different uh like regional and national resources for artists and arts organizations in need uh during this crazy time so if that's you uh head to vermontartscouncil.org there's lots of like Funding and different ways you can connect with other
0: people. Amazing. Yeah, if you are ISO resources for artists, check it out. Cool. Thank you both so much. That's it, I guess. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> I'm so bad at beginnings and endings. So good at the too. middle. Like, well, <laughs> <laughs>
3: the <There's> door. <a storm. laughs> <laughs>